Welcome to Rush Hockey Talk, brought to you by Rush Hockey, trusted guidance, unrivaled success. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Katorji, and this is our podcast series. This is definitely the place to be if you want to learn how to pave your way in the world of youth hockey. So get ready, because you're going to hear some amazing interviews with premier personalities, coaches, scouts, players, celebrities. We got them all. Rush Hockey for over 25 years, experts in evaluation, over 10,000 alumni. It's unmatched. It's Rush Hockey Talk, and it's here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rush Hockey Talk. It's Kelly Gatorji bringing you another one of our series of hockey podcasts. Thank you so much to everyone who's been listening. We're almost pushing 8,000 downloads, so it's been pretty popular, and we're very excited to keep it going. As well, thanks to our two sponsors, Synergy Gum, 50 milligrams of mint-flavored caffeinated gum. You can get it online at Amazon.com. It has vitamin B6 and B12. It's a lot better than those energy drinks you drink, so make sure you give it a try. And, of course, Vox Life. If you do attend any tournaments that we run, you know that uh, Vox Life has been uh, is very popular. It is amazing technology. Feel well, live well. Vox Life combines the best of modern technology with decades of research in neuromuscular science to help you achieve your wellness goals, drug-free and without invasive treatment. You can learn more at rushhockey.voxlife.com. Welcome today to a friend of mine. His name is Tim Healy. He's out in the Carolinas, and today's podcast is going to be a lot about what happens down south in the hot weather when it comes to hockey. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Hockey down south is much better in the hot weather because it gives you a cool rink to get into. There's no place better to escape it. I can tell you, as a guy who has lived his whole life in the blizzard, we admire anyone who gets to wear shorts to the arena. <laughs> you know, before coming up here, we uh, we took a little. We moved down from New England, but first we had a little side. Um, jaunt to Florida for three years. And when I went to my first lightning game uh, in January and shorts and a flip and flip flops, I mentally just that it was, it was different. It took some, but you get used to it real quickly. So Tim, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Give us a little bit of your, your hockey history. And we have Tim on uh, the line today because he is a director with the Carolina uh, boys and girls hockey program. So give us a little bit of your history. Yeah, so my history is um, realistically a, a big background in prep school hockey. Um, went and played prep school hockey uh, out at Millbrook. Um, and then from there, went to Fairfield University, which uh, does not have a, a program anymore. And not at, I didn't actually play there anyway. I actually played uh, soccer my first two years there. Um, but following that, uh, went into uh, working coaching prep schools, um, both on the guys and the girls' side. Um, but most notably um, at Tilton School and Worcester Academy as a girls head coach there. And Worcester was one that was one that I'm really proud of because we actually started that program and got it off the ground. And of course, uh, during those days at Tilton and Worcester, when I first got to know you uh, and as you were getting Beantown going. And then from there, you know, on the other side, administratively, my career has been 
um, mostly as a dean of students in New England boarding schools. But we got tired of the long winters and we uh, looked to head down south. And we had a little three-year stint at a place called IMG Academy that does not have hockey, but it is really uh, it's the premier athletic academy in the world, um, but uh, it was a little bit too big of a school for me and what I like to be at. So we looked for a smaller school and found St. Mary's um, School in Raleigh, North Carolina, an all-girls school uh, in downtown Raleigh. And and we've been here now four years, my family, um, my wife and two daughters and two dogs. And it's honestly been awesome. It's just been an awesome hockey experience in Raleigh. Um, probably some of the best hockey experiences I've had in my life and some of the best hockey people I've met in my life. So presently you're the assistant director on the girls side uh, with the Carolina Junior Canes. You also coach on the boys side and you also coach ACHA Division One men's hockey. So let's start a little bit about your role with the Canes. Give us Give us a, a little bit of uh, a history on what you do there, and then I want to ask you a couple questions about the uh, college hockey that you're coaching there. Yeah, so I mean, I think as we all know, on the on those of us that are passionate about growing the game on the girls' side, is that you know it's not enough just to coach. So you know, I do coach my daughter's U10 uh, team. Um, and then also my younger daughter, and it's still on the co-ed side in the house league and the age group that she's on. She was U6 last year. She'll be U8 this year. Um, but, you know, it's not enough just to coach. And when you're on the girls' side, you need to grow the game. Uh, and then when you add that being in the southeast, you need to grow the game on two levels. You're growing the game of hockey and you're growing the game of women's and girls hockey. So, you know, my role on for the junior Canes is – uh, assistant director and really in charge of the U8 programs. And we have a great team that are, we are just trying to grow the game, get more girls on the ice. Uh, for example, we work a lot with the uh, NHL Carolina Hurricanes and their first goal program. We've seen that grow over the four or five years. It's been existence from, you know, roughly 500 kids to about 900 uh, this past year in our house league. Um, that is not a, you know, that is a feeder for us, for our mites and our, you know, U8 and below, we had 300 kids in it. So, uh, and anytime we see a girl who's the least bit, bit interested in hockey, we, we rope them in. And I think that's a lot of the fun too down here is seeing so many first generation hockey families. It's also kind of fun. The first night at first goal, uh, sometimes uh, they don't even know how to put it on the equipment. So uh, Shane Willis and the team up with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, they now have videos on how to get dressed and all this stuff. Uh, but it, it's really rewarding to see so many first generation families. And we have, you know, a ton, which is awesome, of girls that get into hockey. And then they're dragging their dads out to men's league or their moms out to coach. And that's really exciting to, to see it grow on that level and in that way, which, I mean, 30 years ago, would you have expected to see daughters in the southeast part of the U.S. leading their dads out to play adult hockey? Not a chance. So uh, it's unique, it's exciting, and it's a lot of fun. So give us a little bit more. Um, I want to know examples. How, how, did the, how does the NHL team get involved? What sort of things do they do? That was a great example of, about them sort of providing educational videos for the parents. But tell us a little bit more about how the Carolina Hurricanes uh, are involved. Well, I think the biggest thing that the Carolina Hurricanes do is they make themselves really accessible to the community hockey wise. Um, I, 
you know, I'll give you a few different examples. One, they send their players out if they're in town, you know, if they have a homestand for a while and they have a couple nights out, they send their players out to Carolina Junior Hurricanes practices. So, you know, this year we had Ryan Dezingle um, and Joel Edmondson come out to practice. And for my daughter's practice and my younger daughter was out and she's, you know, she's pretty short. And so seeing her next next to Edmondson was fantastic. Um, and then the Zingle, you know, he's just a great guy in the community. So, you know, they get out to practices. We had Justin Williams run one of our practices one day. Um, I mean, Justin Williams knows my daughters by, you know, by name. And, you know, if you talk about that community and being accessible that way, um, they have a girls hockey night where, they go beyond just inviting the girls to the arena and the game and putting them on the jumbotron. So for the U10s, during the warmups, when they're doing their off-ice warmups before the game, the players wear, um, you know, an Under Armour type athletic shirt with the player's number on it, but no, rather with the, the girls' players' number on it. So all the U10 girls, an NHL player, wore a warm-up shirt that had the U10 girls' number on it, name on it, then at then you know they go they play their game i'm going to assume that the equipment manager washes them during the game but after the game they come down to the locker room and they got it presented from an nhl player player on the cane so sebastian ajo my daughter had tevu the player autographs it presents it to him uh they even show a video clip of the guys uh the players warming up in those so that's real that's another way to get them hooked um, that same weekend, they had the girls out at PNC Arena, and we did a mixed inner squad, squad scrimmage with our girls U10 and U12. Um, so those are just a few of the examples. Um, there are, the Canes in general are really involved in the community. Uh, I know well, we can get into the college stuff in a little bit, but Jeff Daniels, you know, one of the assistants for the Canes, he comes out and helps evaluate during tryouts and selecting the team. So they are very involved. And those are just the active canes. You know, Raleigh is a great place to retire. So we have a lot of the former canes who are in this area, like Jesse Bullerese, and he's out actively coaching. Um, so it really runs deep here in this community, which is, and it's great to see him playing well again, because it's bringing people back into the arena, uh, getting them interested, getting them signed up left and right. So our youth hockey numbers have skyrocketed too. And it's, you know, which is not shocking. It, it's a fun atmosphere up there. That's actually very awesome. So we'll get back to the youth hockey in a second. Tell us a little bit about North Carolina men's and potentially women's club hockey. Yeah, so for your listeners that might not be familiar, and I tell you what, I wish I was more familiar with this when I was coming out of high school, is a uh, you know, ACHA, the American Collegiate Hockey Association, um, is essentially the club hockey governing body uh, in the U.S. And actually, we have a couple teams in Canada. Salt College is actually uh, probably would have won the Division II title this year. And we're Division II. Um, and so NC State Wolfpack, we go by the NC State Ice Pack, trademark stuff for the university. Uh, but we're one of seven colleges that have a club hockey program in the U.S., um, and we have a great relationship with the Canes, too. We actually play at PNC Arena against our chief rival, the UNC Char Tar Heels, at least twice a year. Um, we've, we get about anywhere to four to 6,000 people for those games on a Monday night. Uh, we 
first one of the years over the Monday night of Thanksgiving week leading up to the football game. Um, it's, you know, it's really exciting, uh, the club hockey scene down here. Um, two years ago, we averaged 1,900 people a game in a year that we went undefeated until the national championship round. Uh, this year, ice times got pushed back, so our attendance dipped a little bit. Uh, but we're moving into a brand new arena this year, um, chairback arena, 1,500 seats. Um, so we're really excited about that, and we'll have 7 o'clock start time. So um, the thing about a lot of the places down here hockey's big in Raleigh and NC state, we are Raleigh's college hockey team. So we don't have to play second fiddle to, you know, the varsity team, like you see up there. And it's a really high level. I mean, we have two kids on our team that played in the BCHL, another kid that played in the USHL and another kid that played in the NHL. So that just gives you um, a little look at the quality of hockey, but you know, you have to, you have to pay your own way and we get out and fundraise and sponsorships, but you know, and we're adding it. We added a girls, team this past year a women's team uh and we've now added a women's team in the ACCHL in general so that's basically you know the Atlantic Coast um footprint so that's great so now women's hockey is growing on the club side which is another opportunity you know so my girls can look where where do I where am I going to play when I get older because they can't necessarily go uh NC and NCA varsity team nearby but the fact that they can see girls uh well women uh 19 to 23 18 to 23 continuing their career that's really important for them to be able to see it has there ever been any talk of your ACHA men's team becoming an NCAA team? And yeah. I mean, 4,000 people a game, I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and you know what? And we got we got a great alumni gift this year to redo a locker room that well, put in a new locker room that is would rival many NCA locker rooms. I mean, we have the team room, a coach's room with a video room built in it, sharpening room. Um, so a lot, in a lot of ways, it feels like an NCAA program. We even have a third Jersey. Um, our stuff is carried in the main red and white shop where apparel is carried. You know, people love to throw that out there. Hey, time to go D1. I think there's some hurdles to it. If you were to go in that route, for example, who would you play? You know, you could probably leverage Notre Dame being part of the ACC, maybe for a big 10, but it comes down to money, right? Like if you look at what Arizona state did, um, you know, with I think it was about an initial $33 million investment. And if you look at what Penn state did with about an, I think it was about a hundred million dollar investment, if you get that type of money, it would draw, it would work. It would just be about getting it off the ground. But again, if you had the right boosters, get in the right size arena, um, people love college athletics in Raleigh. They love the Wolfpack and there's no question it would be successful but you would just need to get the money uh, to get it off the ground. So what's the associated cost with a, or for a young girl or boy to play hockey in Carolina? It, it, I, I assume, you know, you're traveling everywhere because, you know, the South isn't that big yet uh, when it comes to hockey, and I could be wrong. Uh, but, you know, are the costs a little bit higher just travel alone for parents who uh, are in uh, Carolinas? Yeah, there's no, there's no question about it that, you know, especially for us in our program, because frankly, our girls are, our girls are good and we are the only, you know, we're the, the closest real all girls program to us is Washington, DC. That's four and a half hours away. 
Um, then on the other side, you'd have to get down to Florida, which is 10 hours away. So at that point, you might as well head up to New England. Um, so yeah, cost, you know, cost is a real issue in ter- especially because of travel and cost is an issue like anywhere else too, with ice time. You know, we have six sheets, um, about to go to seven sheets in the, in the Raleigh area, which you might think that's a lot for Raleigh, but honestly, we could probably fill up 10 to 12 sheets and still have demand. So supply and demand that drives costs up for ice time locally. Um, we don't have any community owned rinks like you have in places like Massachusetts and Minnesota that can help to keep ice time costs down. Um, so that's, you know, you take that cost into it. Uh, and then the travel. Yeah. If you want to see good competition, you know, just, you're probably getting on a plane, you know, any t- or driving long distance four to eight times a year at least. Um, and I say four because that's probably in the 10 and 12s. Uh, as you're getting older, that's probably more than eight to 10. Um, so you add in that travel cost. Yeah, it, it's significant. I think you should, if you're going to get to the highest levels, no question, you're getting over that 10 to 20,000 range per year, which you know, I know it sounds lunacy for a lot of people, but um, that's that that's called Southeast hockey. We are excited, though, and, and that's if we don't lose the girls too going up to prep schools. Um, and that's great. You know, go after a great educational opportunity. Uh, but we're actually excited because now we've been able to next year we're actually creating a what we call a U19 Premier Program. Uh, we don't have enough players in our affiliates to be granted a tier one status. So what we're kind, what we're doing is we're creating this premier team, which technically has to register tier two, um, but it's a bit, of, it's a regional team that'll even have some billeting um, that will give our girls in the southeast and particularly in Raleigh an ability to stay home. We're going to be sending them up to tier one tournaments. Uh, we've kept a lot of girls home that way, and I think that's great. And that's uh, we've been able to keep that price around ten thousand, uh, which is huge. It sounds like a high dollar, but compared to going off to prep school, or and that's inclusive with the travel because we've actually purchased a, you know, we've been able to get a bus deal as part of it. Um, so that's huge in offsetting cost and opportunity too. We're really excited for it, uh, Dave Ray and Mike Gazillo, and then the, I think a name that some of your listeners might be familiar to, Alyssa Gallardi, um, is heavily involved in that as well too and by the way the that's one the canes have hired a women's hockey ambassador and Alyssa Gillardi so that's big um so that's just some of the things we're excited about so I was going to ask you about Alyssa but we'll get to her in a second let's talk about Dave tell me what Dave Ray's uh, uh contribution has been I, I talked to him quite a bit he seems like he's really on the ball and, and working hard what's Dave's role with uh, Carolina Dave is, you know, he's the director for the Junior Canes girls side. So technically he's my boss on this. And the great thing about Dave is he will be very clear that he knows nothing about hockey on the ice. He ended up in hockey due to his son and really his daughter's passion for it, uh, who's off playing at Becker College. And, you know, Dave entered into the, the girls side because his daughter Shelby you know, didn't have the best entranceway into hockey with a co-ed team and said, so, you know, we need to create something different. And Dave comes with a soccer background. Um, the best parts about Dave are is one, uh, he's a visionary and he has a vision for what Carolina hockey can be. Um, he has a bit, you know, bringing tournaments into the area. He wants an NWHL team up here. Um, he's He had the vision to create the premier team to give girls a chance to stay home. 
Um, you know, there's always that question between, you know, if uh, between 10 and 14, should I go play co-ed hockey before I come back to girls' side? Um, Dave is adamant about creating a roadmap where girls can, you know, high elite girls don't feel like they have to go play with the boys if that's not the experience that they don't want um, and that they don't have to go off to prep school if they don't want to, uh, that can get that here. And he's tireless at it. And um, the best part is he, again, he, he makes clear, I don't know about a lot about the on ice stuff. So he's going to put, has a good people around him for the on ice to build that side of it. Um, and he, you know, a lot of hockey directors, as we know, um, sometimes it's about their ego, uh, and he could not be, um, any more egoless. He just wants to keep building what he started, uh, creating opportunities for his daughter and he has no kids in any anymore. Um, but he just is that determined to build, uh, girls hockey in the Carolinas. So Alyssa, I believe, grew up in the Carolina area, and she was a standout at Cornell. How did uh, Alyssa's involvement start, and tell, tell us her role with uh, Carolina Girls Hockey? Well, you know, there's, and I want to mention Colleen Murphy, too. So Alyssa Gallardi and Colleen Murphy both grew up in the Raleigh area, and both uh, played at the highest levels of, of college hockey you know, Alyssa at Cornell and um, Colleen at Northeastern and part. And then they both played in the NWHL and then Alyssa worked with the PWHPA this year. So, you know, Carolina hockey, we've we've cultivated two um, women who played at the professional ranks, but focusing in on Alyssa, who and by the way, Colleen and Alyssa both give back to the community, the hockey community a great deal, uh, focusing in on Alyssa, Alyssa. She's going to be part of that premier coaching staff with the 19s and the 16s. Um, she started her own uh, clinics focusing on girls, the AG2 clinics. Um, she is tireless in getting out. Uh, she ran a clinic for a U10, a U10, U12 girls for the junior teams two weeks ago. So she's constantly on the ice. She is the ambassador for women's hockey. Uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes. We saw a lot of NHL teams add these ambassadors. Um, and, you know, they've added Alyssa. And I think what is great about having Alyssa, I can be a lot of things as a coach when I'm coaching girls. I can't be a role model of a female that made it. Having Alyssa on that ice, having someone that has worn the red, white, and blue for the USA, uh, you know, has won championships. I mean, her resume of titles, it's, it's obscene. It's, it's it's so impressive and so to have her being out there and a voice for this and in carolina we're really fortunate because hockey is growing in the southeast and a lot of different places but they don't they still don't have a role model for those girls like we have in Alyssa and colleen um but yeah Alyssa is part of our our board of directors for the girls um that we're always brainstorming and pushing new ways and new things and, and i cannot say enough good things about her tireless involvement and my daughters love her too when they're coached by her. Listen, David, that's or uh, excuse me, Tim, that's that's amazing. So it sounds like Carolina is on their way, and I can tell you from experience. I mean, I've I've been around a long time. I remember when Carolina was just starting, and now you seem to be becoming a juggernaut. So the work that you guys are doing, and Alyssa and Colleen on the girls' side as well, uh, seems to be paying off. So I hope we can do this again. We're out of time. 
I want to hear more about Carolina and of course I want to keep track of what goes on there because it is great to see areas growing keeping their kids home that's what it's all about Tim I really appreciate your time sorry we uh, have to run we're out of time thanks again let's let's uh, do this soon no Kelly thanks for having us on and good luck at your tournaments in the next couple of, couple of weeks sounds good talk soon take care bye we want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Rush Hockey Talk, the place to be to get informed about youth hockey. Rush Hockey Talk, trusted guidance, unrivaled success. Yeah.